Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind, and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back. This is Jim Oliver, your host, and I've got a great guest today who's going to teach us about breaking away through stories and how you can help your company. And his name is Park Howell. Park, welcome. Hey, Jim. Thanks so much for having me here. Always love to talk about story. Yeah. And uh, going to your website and looking at the content on your website, what a great website for everybody in the audience. Give me your website right up front here. Businessofstory.com. Awesome. No the, just businessofstory.com. There's a workbook that I can tell you I was about ready to order, but I didn't have time before the podcast started. So it's on my browser ready to, to order and, and get started learning from Park how to tell a story better. Park, tell us a little bit about your background, kind of how you got to this point, maybe a little bit about your family, et cetera. Absolutely. Well, I've been in the advertising, branding, marketing world for 35 years, and I run my own ad agency out here in Phoenix, Arizona for 20 of those years. But in 2015, early in September, I woke up one morning and I knew I needed to make a change. I was 55 years old at the time. I wasn't really enjoying running my agency and I was ready for literally the next chapter in my life. And a lot of people looked at me cross-eyed and said, dude, you're middle-aged. What the hell are you doing? And <laughs> I just said, I love what I do in the branding world. And I realized that our traditional advertising and marketing as we knew it, was no longer working. It worked when brands owned the influence of mass media, but technology came along. And as all your listeners know, our little digital devices now made the masses the media and they own the brand story. And to me, it was both a challenge because our work wasn't working as well as it had been before, um, but it was a real opportunity to learn about what do we do? How do we pivot on this? How do we liter literally break away? from the old models of advertising, from the old models of the way people would take in information and communicate and find something new that could actually hack through the noise, hook into the emotions of your listeners and get them to take action, make them care and get them to take action. So what I did um, at the time I studied, started studying storytelling. So this is actually back in about 2006 when I noticed that things weren't working. And I spent 10 years of trying to figure out how to overcome that through the power of story. Uh, fortunate, our middle child, our son Parker Howell, was in film school at Chapman University in Orange at the time. And he's been in Hollywood ever since. In fact, he just uh, sent me a note yesterday that a music video he directed for Red Bull just won best music video of the year in New Zealand. It was with wow. yeah, a pop star named Valette out of Auckland, New Zealand. And Red Bull brought her in uh, Hollywood last year. Parker directed it. It was Red Bull's very first, first person 3D virtual reality music video. So wow. it's oh, great. Cool. Yeah, very, very proud father here, you know, with that. Yeah. He should be. <laughs> He's worked. Storytelling runs in the family then, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, he was making films when he was a little kid. I taught him how to make stop action 
uh, videos with our old beat up video camera and Lego men. And he went on from that uh, to making films in, at our Acadia High School here in Phoenix, which, by the way, is the same high school that Steven Spielberg went to for a time. Wow, that's cool. Uh, yeah, he, he and then Parker got a, a, a film in the Phoenix Film Festival when he was a senior in high school and then went on to Chapman and uh, studied for four years there. And while he was there, Jim, I said, and this was, by the way, that 2006 to 2010 time frame when I realized that, God, I was floundering as an agency owner. It just wasn't working. I wasn't digging it. And I said, Parker, I'm curious, you know, how they prepare you to be a competitive filmmaker in the most competitive filmmaking industry, you know, location in the world in LA. So send me your books when you're done with them, since I'm paying for them, uh, because I want to learn what does Hollywood know about communication and storytelling? And that's really where I got my start. So I studied right alongside Parker. He would send me his his books and his his lectures and, and videos that they would shoot and that sort of thing. And I realized that there was this framework that was found out by American mythologist Joseph Campbell called the hero's journey. Started applying it in our work, but I mapped it to business. So I took it out of the arts and I mapped it to how business people think to humanize their brand. Because what I realized, Jim, in all this is we homo sapiens, we're just storytelling monkeys. That's the only thing that really separates us from all the other monkeys in the world. We're just really good at storytelling pulling people together and getting them to live into an imagined reality. And it occurred to me, if stories are what make us human, then why don't we use stories to humanize our brands to get them to break away from everyone else? And it worked. It was, a, it was a, like a science experiment that worked beyond my wildest fantasies. I mean, goodwill. You know the goodwill story. Yeah. Right? You've got them up there. We applied it to them, and they grew over the course of about five years by 400%. And Tim O'Neill, the CEO of Goodwill here, will say it was exactly because they got their brand story dialed in, humanized it, and differentiated themselves in the market. Wow. So Goodwill, you know, when I start to think about marketing and I start to think about telling a story, I, I think of maybe like a handful of businesses but I'm getting the feeling that you're going to tell me that this could be applied to any business. Well, that's what I learned. It, let's start with any individual. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I've helped people completely redefine who they are with inside organizations, large organizations, by understanding what their own personal brand story is, their authentic story, the thing that makes them different and therefore better than their competition. And I've helped people use it to advance their careers, leave one job and go into another high paying job. And these are typically mid career professionals that are like stymied in their current role. And they're stymied because they do what everybody does. And that is lead with credentials. Let me show you my CV. Let me show you my resume. Let me tell you how smart I am. Let me show you all the things that I've done. And honestly, Jim, people, our, our monkey brain doesn't care about right. that. Our monkey brain cares about your character. Who are you? How can I connect with you? How can you help me survive the madness of being a human being? And how can we grow together? But nobody's ever taught this. Never taught it in school. Look, I've got a degree in communications, and I got a second degree in music composition and theory. My music composition and theory degree taught me way more about storytelling than my communications degree did. Wow. Which is really interesting, you know, in hindsight when I look back on this. But 
we're taught when we get into business, and you know it, you're in a data profession that really um, relies on data, um, that we are taught to think with our left brain logical mind and demonstrate to the world how smart we are. But the problem is our brain is not a logic processor. It's a story processor. You have to put it into context before that logic makes any sense at all. So whether I'm a painting contractor or I'm a wealth coach, like what Create Tailwind does, or I own a trucking company, you can use this to help separate yourself from your competition, from your, the other people that are doing the same thing that you're doing, right? Oh, without a doubt. And I mean, your whole show, right, is about how do you break away? Absolutely. Break away wealth, you know, break away to really stand out and live the life you want to live. Well, that first starts with a personal examination of are you living the story you're supposed to be living or are you living someone else's story? <laughs> right. Are you living, you know, your partner's or your spouse's or your mom and dad's story of what people think you're supposed to be versus what you really are meant to be? And that's the first soul searching you do. And you do that through the lens of narrative. What journey am I on? You know, uh, the hero's journey is a beautiful template that you can follow. And you will see that it mirrors how you go through life and your highs and lows. And instead of despairing, when you hit the lows, you realize that, no, man, this is just the natural cycle of the story, the narrative I'm on. If you cannot get out of that low, then it means you're living someone else's story. And you, you got to figure out how to change that and how to figure out what your story really is. So we talked about some of the things before we got on the podcast, some of the things that you do with the company. And we thought, hey, we'll just have you show us some of these basic kind of beginning points with our company. Yep. So that we'll just demonstrate what you're talking about. You know, we're, we're recording this. People are going to be listening to this. So I hope I answer all the questions correctly. <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh, let's just do that because I think people learn by example, right? They really do. And let me give, give you listeners just a quick level set here. So yeah. the hero's journey, as you see it in movies and books, and, and, and it's all around you. And once you look into it, you will then start recognizing it permeates your life because stories are a, refre a reflection of our life. Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey is 17 steps. And all you have to do is watch the very first Star Wars and you can see it actually in action, step by step by step. You can also watch The Wizard of Oz and see it in action, step by step by step. It's really fascinating. Well, took that, boiled it down to these 10 steps I called the story cycle system that any brand, any executive can apply to themselves or their company. And we're going to start with yours right now. And we start in chapter one, which is simply the backstory. So what we're trying to do through these 10 steps is elevate you and your brand and your story out of being a commodity, being just another number. By the way, the first syllable of number is what? Numb. Numb. Our yeah. brain is numb to numbers. Um, and, and elevate you and your brand up out of this land of commoditization so that you start meaning something more important and much greater in the hearts and minds of your audiences. So the very first thing I'd ask you, Jim, is what does your brand do? And are we talking about tailwinds here? Is that? Yeah, create tailwind. Yep. Create tailwind. So functionally, I want you to answer for me functionally, what do you do different and therefore makes you better than your competition? So just being better isn't a differentiator anymore. Being good is supposed to be what you're all about. It's the differentiator. And I'm going to ask you four 
quick questions to dial okay. down to functionally what does you know creating tailwinds uh, do better so at the very highest level 50,000 foot level what industry are you in wealth building wealth building industry okay yeah in the wealth building industry um, what category do you serve I would say we serve the education category that we sh- try to show somebody an alternative to that traditional herd mentality of Wall Street and somebody else controlling your wealth. Okay, so we'll just put education in there for a moment. Okay. What is your specialty within the education category in the wealth building industry? Our specialty is we show people how to take control of their money, which is a specialty. We also show them how to create passive income streams. So how to take control of their money over the standard status quo financial institutions and instruments. Is that right? Yeah. So more like we're showing them how to buy assets instead of financial instruments. Okay. So I'll just say how how to take control of their money and create passive income. Yep. Okay. So then how, uh, now I want even in that to boil you down to what is your number one specialty? And I want you to answer the question, creating tailwinds is the number one resource for who that wants what? For the affluent individual and small business owner who wants to wants to have their money work for them instead of them work for money and have a stress-free existence with money, I guess. Okay. I'm not answering that very clearly. No, that's okay. I? This is always hard. It's, it's a little bit of a mind meld, but it, it yeah. gets you to think about what do we functionally do different and therefore better. So answer that question then. In this idea, you're in wealth building, education, you're teaching people how to take control of their own money to create passive income. You're dealing with affluent individuals and small business owners. And what ultimate problem are you solving for them? Is it that they just simply can't make the money that, that is due them, rightly so, through typical banks and you know, investing as, as we know it? We, we put them in control of their financial future. And when you use a bank, the bank is in control. So the bank takes your deposits, puts them in their bank. They use that money to go make money. They loan you money, both in the form of loans and lines of credit. They decide if those loans are converted, if the interest rate changes, if you have to amortize a line of credit. They control the whole play. Mm -hmm. But we want our clients, we show our clients how to control the play. And do you have a proprietary system in which you do that, that is only yours? We don't have a proprietary system, but what we do, the way that we do it is we do it differently than some of the people online that are really good at marketing, meaning they're good at getting people to go through their system. What we do is we just give, we just serve and we educate. And, you know, we're, we're probably not the greatest at producing business because we just give. I mean, we don't really ever tell our clients, okay, now is the time you got to take action. What we tell our clients is we educate you until you get to the point where you either think that this is right for you or it's not right for you. 
And so I don't know if that answers the question or not. Well, that's okay. We're, we're getting there. But I could say creating tailwinds is the number one resource for affluent individuals and small business owners who want to reclaim control of their wealth and build it on their own terms. Absolutely. And it's just create tailwind, no S. Oh, okay. Create tailwind. Okay, good. Yep. So now, now we've got something there that you could work on. You can, you, you can fine tune that a little bit. Now I want to go back and say, and ask you in particular, Jim. So I take it you are the principal of this I am. operation. Yep. yep. Why do you do this? What drives you? Take me to a time in your life, a moment that changed everything for you and you woke up to the fact, and you maybe didn't even know it at the time, but in hindsight, you can go, oh yeah, it was right then. And, and take us to that moment and tell us what happened. You know, I think it was when I was a kid, I grew up in inner city Los Angeles in, um, in a really poor area. And, but I was very close to a lot of areas that were very affluent. And I just, I, I remember as a kid being so frustrated about money, not understanding why we had the scarcity, why we didn't, you know, didn't have money for anything and really struggled and then there were other people out there that had an abundance of money. And I, and I remember thinking, well, are they just lucky and they inherited that money? Um, what do they know about money that we don't in this neighborhood? And, and how do you get there doing things the right way? And so I got fascinated with learning about money. And I went to school, I went to college, I got a degree. They never taught me about money. I was not satisfied being poor and having scarcity. I was bound and determined somehow to, to have abundance of money because I believe money gives you choices, choices give you freedom. So that was my key focus. Okay, so that's great. Now what I want you to do is boil down even more, take us to one time, one moment in your life where this really proved itself out? Was it an afternoon where you're looking across the railroad tracks? What was right. going on? Take us to that because everybody has that absolute pivotal moment. You know, I think it was when I was walking home with a, with a friend and I stopped at this house and he thought the house was vacant. And it was our house. And so, I, you <laughs> okay, know, and okay, he was like, well, what are you doing? Let's stop I'm like, right well, there. that's where I live. This and is beautiful. Stop right there for a second. Yeah, I want you yeah. to, I'm, I'm going to have you piece something together. Um, give us a timestamp. How old were you or what year was this? Or, or start this story with a timestamp. I probably was eight or nine. Okay. And um, so that would have been 1976. Six or no, that would be 11, six, uh, 74, 75, okay. somewhere in there. So all you have to do is say, man, I remember when I was like eight years old yeah. and I was walking home with, and what was your buddy's name? Um, his name was Gary. Walking home with my buddy, Gary, yep. to our neighborhood, uh, where in Los Angeles? Yeah. In Inglewood. In Inglewood. Beautiful. Inglewood. Okay. It's outside of LA. So what you've done now for your listeners, and again, we're all storytelling apes. So our ape brain goes ape shit over this stuff. It loves this right. stuff. You've given us a timestamp by telling us you're eight years old. Our brain goes, oh, Jim's about ready to tell me a story because he's given me a time, you know, in space, which means an event occurred. Then you're going to say, um, I was with my buddy Gary walking home in Inglewood, 
California, just outside of LA. Now you've given us a location stamp. Our subconscious loves this stuff. Okay, so now you are the center of this story. So tell us what happens about coming across the, the vacant home. So I walk up and start to walk in my house and figure that Gary's going to walk to his house. And he looks at me and says, why, why are you going in there? That's a, that's a vacant house. And I said, no, that's where I live. And after that, he just, him and his mom, they didn't really want me to be friends with him. So that was just kind of made me feel like, oh, you know, if you don't have money or if you're poor, then people look down on you. So you've got the time stamp, you've got the location stamp, you are the center of the story with your buddy Gary. Um, there's action has to take place. So in this very simple action is you're walking up to your house and Gary, then surprise comes out of that action. So, and the surprise here is Gary goes, where are you going, dude? I'm going, well, I'm going to you know, this house. No, it's vacant. No, it's not. We live here. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So you've got this surprise thing that everybody can relate to like, oh my goodness. Okay. And then you have this aha moment, which your aha moment was we can't interact and work, you know, live and hang out and play with the rich people. I mean, is there's this such a class difference that we're um, living in? So you have this coming of age story happening right here. You can tell that story, Jim, in under a minute, in under 30 okay. seconds. Timestamp, location stamp, central character, which your audience can relate to, and that is you. Um, action, you're walking home with your buddy Gary, and I go to my house. Surprise, oh my God, you live in that vacant home? Well, it's not really vacant, you know, that's where we live. And the aha moment was, wait a minute, there's these class differences that I just started to experience. I don't want to grow up without money. So that's story number one. So all of a sudden, anybody asks you about your brand and what you're doing, you can tell them that simple little story. And they're like, oh my God, this is like deeply embedded in you. All of a sudden, you are now different in the world. You are different than any other financial planner they've ever met because you shared this one little incident when you were eight years old that has informed who you are today. I call these story scenes. And here's the thing, Jim, is we are so busy as entrepreneurs and building our careers and building our businesses and everyone's telling you, well, tell your story, go find your story. We are so busy looking for our stories that we actually miss it. What we need to do are find the scenes, those moments when you were eight years old with Gary walking home that have shaped who you are today. You find enough of those scenes, usually three. You can map them together and your story then finds you. So, for instance, you had already led into your next story. Well, you said, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to live this way. I want to figure out, I'm going to, I want to make money. I don't you know, want to live hand to mouth in what people think is a vacant home. So, I go to college. Where'd you go to, uh, where'd you go to university? Missouri. Missouri. Great school. So, you went to Missouri and what'd you study? Business. And, and so, I, you know, I went to Missouri. Did you get a scholarship to go there from L.A.? You know, I did originally to play football, but it didn't work out. Gotcha. Okay. So I go to Missouri, study business, and you graduated with a BA, MBA, or whatever? I got a BA, and then, then I went on, and, and I got a uh, master's in business management, but not an MBA. Okay. Still, so very studied, studying business, and you're thinking, you know, eight-year-old Jim doesn't want to live like that ever again, or, nor have my kids live like that. So, I'm going to learn business knowing how to, you know, to learn how to grow wealth and build something. 
well, by God, I go through all these years of schooling and no one actually ever taught me the financial wealth building side. I realized it wasn't that easy to come along and that was my holy grail. That was what I was ultimately looking to achieve. So you've done that, you know, and you put together this program and now through creating Tailwind, you are bringing all of your knowledge, all of your experience, and you are giving the opportunity to build wealth that every American deserves but is unaware of because we are so trapped in the old antiquated institutions and instruments that supposedly create wealth when all we're really doing is creating wealth for the man. How do we create wealth for you? That's what we do here. So, also now, you've got two or three scenes that have informed who you are today, knitted together to create a powerful, dynamic brand story for you. First, your personal brand, because it all is going to come down through you. And then how does your character express itself through your operating brand and that people can connect with you know, and, and, and create wealth? Absolutely. So how do they, how do they interact with us? Yeah. So that's, let me ask you this. How often have you told that story to people? (laughs) I don't think I've ever told that story to anyone. It is now your secret weapon. If you ever have anybody that doubts who you are or what you're about, or if your program works or not, all you have to do is start with that first origin story. Okay. I've got a homework assignment for you. Okay. So over the course of the long weekend, we're recording this right before Memorial Day weekend. I want you to share that story in all different kinds of iterations with everything from people that are close to you, family, friends, loved ones, to uh, colleagues, to a complete stranger, two or three. Okay. See how the story morphs depending on who's sitting across from you. See what they ask you about that story. And then I want you to really watch their eyes and their body language as you tell that story and see if they don't imperceptibly lean into you. Okay. It is such a powerful thing. And I think a lot of people discount those origin stories, especially when we're eight years old. But, you know, that's where some of our best stuff is because that's shaped who we are today. That's where the investment in you started way back when. Right. But you tell those stories, nobody can argue with you. Nobody can say, you're not so smart. Oh, you're, you know, you, you don't really know what you're doing. You know, you're not really into this. Man, you tell that story and they're going to look at you and your character will trump your credentials every step of the way. They're like, wow, okay, so this is important to you. Yes, it is. <laughs> and who do you think they're going to hire? Who do you think they're going to get involved with? They're going to get involved with the people who they feel care about them. And you do that through your stories, the stories you tell. And that's very cool. Very cool. That, and you know, what I, what I really like is there's a lot of business owners that are listening right now that are in our audience. And, and you know, that was a powerful little exercise. And I'm sure that's just the, the tip of the iceberg oh, with yeah. what you do with uh, your clients. How does somebody learn more about your company, about how to do this? Yeah, over at businessofstory.com, I've got just a ton of free tools and you know, blog posts with hundreds of posts in there. I also do my own podcast called Business of Story. It's been around for almost four years now. It's ranked among the top 10 downloaded podcasts in the world. So I'm wow. pretty proud about that. And I bring on story artists from around the world that cover every aspect of story, from brand storytelling to Hollywood storytelling to leadership storytelling to teach us homo sapiens of how to just reignite within us what I believe, Jim, is our true, one true superpower. And that's the power to connect people into an imagined reality through story 
and then move them to action. So, um, yeah, it's on my site. You can find that out there. I also do master classes and workshops, and people can go through the site and connect with me if they're interested in that. I do them all around the country. Well, kind of all around the world now, but mostly in North America. Um, and the DIY workbook that you're about ready to download. And, and real quick on that, I just took you through very, you know, step one. What do you do different and therefore better and why? I want, you to, I want you to really understand what drives you and start collecting stories from across your universe of what drives you and makes you you. Step two is who's your hero? And this is the wake-up call for brands. You are not the hero. You are not the center of the story. Your audiences are. So in the book, it's going to ask you to prioritize your top three audiences in order. Who's your number one audience? Who are you for to help them build the wealth they deserve? Who then is number two and who's number three? You move on to chapter three is what's at stake. And this is a really interesting chapter. They all are, but this is what's fascinated me in this process. I ask you to think about what's at stake for your audiences. You know, what do they want? And I want you to think about it in three ways. What do they wish? What do they want? And what are they willing to do to get it? So what I mean by that, Jim, is answer the question is what do they wish? What do they wish to feel like? So if they invest and they do the work through your program, what wish are you fulfilling on their behalf? That they will have enough money that flows to them every month, every year to support their ideal standard of living without them having to go to work. Okay, but that's a want. Okay, okay. What do they wish? What, what, if, if that happens for them, what do they feel like? Is Stre- it confidence? Yeah, confidence, stress-free. So, I mean, when you think about what the way that most people, quote, retire, and we don't like that word retire because it means to be taken out of service. Right. When most people, quote, retire, they think that they're going to build up this big pool of money, and then they're going to live off it for the rest of their lives and hope, hope that they don't run out of money. So what causes that? What causes a problem there is how much can they take out? The market goes up and down, which they don't control. They have to pay fees. They don't know what the government's going to tax them at. All of these things cause stress. Now, stress is the root of all illness and disease. So when you need stress-free in your life, when you're in those 65, 75 and up, you don't have it you have worry and you have stress and you have lack of control. And, you know, I never think about retiring. I want to do this till, till the, my last day, but <laughs> right. um, because I'm passionate about sharing this with people, but you know, I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. So I have enough money coming in that I can do that and I don't feel that stress. And so I want my clients to feel like I know exactly what I'm doing with my money I know that this is working. I know this is the answer. I'm in control of it. It's, it's as big as I want it to be. And it, it's going to be as big as I build it to be. Jim is not the guru to tell you what stock to buy when. It's that I'm giving them control and I'm showing them how to take back control and invest in things that they know and they're passionate about to make everything stress-free, not stressful. And, and where you're hoping that you don't run out of money, because we always say hope is not a strategy. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to write four simple words here. Their wish is to feel financially stress-free. 
Absolutely. That's like their that. wish. That's it. I could do that any number of ways, I believe, but that's what I'm ultimately wanting to do, feel financially stress-free now. So you always start there. What do they wish? It's not what you make, Jim. It's what you make happen in people's lives. You are literally in the wish granting business, as are all brands. My wish is to feel financially stress-free. So, what do I want? Now, this is the physical side. So, if the wish is the philosophical side, internally, emotionally, this is ultimately what I'm buying and what I want to get to. My want is the physical side. So, this has something to do with how you are selling and, and communicating your programs and your education of what I need to get you to buy into and activate in your life if you want to fulfill this wish because, like you said, hope is not a strategy. If you're not wanting to do something, then your wish will never become fulfilled. So, in your case, it sounds like you explained what the want was, and that's through your programs and through your education that enables people to take back their own wealth building, correct? Right. Yeah. I mean, because what most people want is they want to know they're doing the right thing. And the way that I kind of explain that and is in and I'll and I'll put this hopefully into a, a brief story, but let's uh, let's imagine that we're pulling up to a movie theater and there's two movies playing at the theater. One is a reassuring lie, that's the name of the movie, and the other movie is called an inconvenient truth. Now, what I mean by the reassuring lie is that there's a long line in that for that movie. And it's kind of like when you're sitting in your office or your cubicle or wherever you work and you think, you know, I don't, it doesn't feel like what I'm doing with my money is the right thing, but everybody else is doing it. So if we're all going down, we're all going down together. Now that's the reassuring lie line. And what we want to do is motivate you and give you the confidence and educate you and get the conviction to stand over in that inconvenient truth line which that inconvenient truth line is that you have to educate yourself. You have to think and you have to participate in, in your wealth building and your financial freedom. There are no free lunches in becoming financially free. The stock market isn't going to do it. The you know gambling in Vegas isn't going to do it. I mean, it's, you have to work at it. It's work and you have to think. Mm -hmm. So you tell them that story that kicks in their will to do it. Going back to the want, you have a proven program or something that enables them to do that. So you physically have something that they can do yep. to fulfill this wish. Yep. And our differentiating factor is we've done it. I can okay. show you, I've bought nine companies using this system. I've bought real estate. I've bought all of the things that my family uses in major purchases. I mean, I've used this system to create wealth out of nothing. So I can show you how to do it because I've done it. What do you call the system? What do we call the system? Infinite banking. And you know, that's not our phrase. It's from R. Nelson Nash and it's infinite banking concept. And the thing that I love about that is that it's infinite. So you can use it for anything. It's banking because you're controlling that and it's infinite banking concept. And what that means to me is it's, it's, it's yours to drive. Like, mm -hmm. this is the concept. Now, what are you going to create it for you? You know, how does, it, how does it personalize to you? It can personalize to anyone, but we're not concerned about anyone. We're concerned about you. So how would you use it? That's where we coach you. That's where we educate you. That's where we grow with our clients 
is we show them and, and step every step of the way. And we don't ask for referrals, but every single client that we have gives us referrals. So see how this is building on each other now. What you're selling to is to feel financially stress-free. That's what yep. you're ultimately selling. And the want then is the physical thing. The want is I want the infinite banking concept that can be personalized exactly to my needs that I can measure, get real ROI out of it, but I have to be you know, accountable to it. Okay, cool. And then it comes down to the will. Remember, we got wish. What does it feel like? Want. What does it physically do? And what is the will? What stories do you tell them to actually get them to take action that shakes them out of status quo of what they're doing and takes the risk? Because in their mind, in their mind, it's a real risk, overcomes the fear. So the will, and I want you to think about it one of two ways, because this is the way we homo sapiens parse out our stories. Is the story you're going to tell the person sitting across from you, true story, by the way, true, um, authentic, and I know you would only be authentic. You have to be to regain or, or maintain trust in any industry, let alone the financial industry. Um, the will, what do you stand to gain by doing this program, the infinite banking concept program with creating Tailwind? So, so that, that's really a story told to somebody who is already of an abundant mentality. They're optimistic. They're open to change and they're ready to try something different. Or because we homo sapiens have a negativity bias, we will work harder to not lose $100 than to make $100. So is the story then maybe just the opposite of that of saying, what do you stand to lose? by uh, remaining in status quo. You know, that's what, that's kind of where we start is let's talk about if what we're told to do, which we're told that one of our greatest assets is our 401k as, as an example. And okay. So let's say we put all of our money in our 401k. So then we ask our clients three questions, are taxes going up or down? And our point to that, whether you think they're going up or down is that we don't know and the government's not going to tell us. So you're going to put money in a 401k for 20, 30, 40 years. You can't touch it until you're 59 and a half. You have to touch it after you're 70 and a half. And you don't know what tax consequence that account's going to have. Now, you would never buy real estate if you didn't know the tax consequences. You'd never buy anything if you didn't know the cost down the road. So that's number one question. The second question is how many are the dollars in your pocket worth more today or in the future? And they're worth more today because think about when you were a kid, how many candy bars could you buy for a dollar? For me, it was like five or more. And now you can't even buy one. And then the last question, and this goes over well in the Midwest where we have a lot of farmers, is would you rather pay tax on the seed or on the harvest? Now, a traditional 401k violates all of those questions. So if you do that and you buy financial instruments and we show them what are the eroding factors in having a Wall Street account, whether it's qualified or not qualified. So we show them the pain of not doing anything. And then if we could show you an alternative, even if it was work, even if you had to learn it, even if you had to think and you had to participate, but it was such a better way, would you want to know about it? Would you do it? If everybody could understand it and everybody could do it, would you? So it's kind of like compared to what? Mm -hmm. Infinite banking gives you financial stress-free lifestyle 
compared to not breaking away and being in this old traditional type of planning. And these are, are some of the pitfalls and we can't control those pitfalls. Therefore, we're kind of gambling that they aren't going to take us down in the future. Mm-hmm. So everything you've then told me, that's fantastic. You obviously have this down. Let's go back to that number one specialty in chapter one. This is what happens as you go through it, you write it down, and then you start doing some excavating, both from the personal standpoint of the founder yourself, of what drives you, and then how are you talking to the wishes, wants, and wills of your people. So you might now change that specialty to say creating Tailwind is the number one financial or investment platform for affluent individual and small business owners who want to reclaim and build their wealth through the infinite banking concept. Or, and you might yeah. even say through the personalized infinite banking concept, period. Now, what you've done is you are different all of a sudden. You've got this infinite banking concept, and while others may be using it, your sole focus on it. You've already said who your primary customers are between affluent individuals and small businesses, that now you are separating yourself from the pack of financial planners, financial you know, investment uh, advisors out there, because you've got a thing. Like in my world, I'm in the branding, marketing, communications, advertising world, and there are a gabillion of me out there. But I am different, much like you, because at the Business of Story platform, we work with leaders of purpose-driven brands to help them clarify their stories, amplify their impact, and simplify their lives through the story, the proven story cycle system. Nobody else on this planet has a story cycle system. Nobody else has created it like I've created it, a combination of my background way back in the day of a degree in, in communications and a degree in music composition and theory, and then a virtual degree from Chapman University on how Hollywood does this, backed by 35 years of trying to understand how to make brands stand out and how to get people to actually care. But now, in all the world of branding, nobody can say that. That is what makes me different and therefore better than the masses to come in and do your branding. That's all we're trying to do for you is there are a mass amounts of financial advisors and investment advisors out there. You are a number, a number, unless you create a brand story that is uniquely your own, authentic to who you are and why you do what you do. And when you do that, it is what breaks you away and separates you from your competition and builds even more wealth on top of your wealth. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, hopefully, uh, again, for the business owners out there or the individuals that uh, are, maybe you're in real estate, maybe you're in something else, as you can see, um, Park has a an amazing and unique system to help you communicate because you know what he's got my mind going a thousand miles an hour <laughs> of how we're going to uh, and and you know I'm going to be spending time over the long weekend with your workbook going through this and really giving it some thoughts and then rolling it out to my team on Tuesdays you know the progress and the things that I've looked at and then get their thoughts on it and really try to hone that in. Yeah, and circle back with me and, and let me know how you go um, with it because our world worlds are very parallel. 
we're both in the building wealth for our, our respective clients. And where I have my story cycle system, you have your infinite banking concepts. Right. You know, unique to each program that you follow a, a proven process that we take our clients through. And uh, that's what everyone's looking for. You know, how, how can you make this as foolproof as possible and don't make me look like a fool in the process? Absolutely. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. Park, that's uh what a, what a, you know, what a, that was a different podcast recording than I was expecting because I was <laughs> expecting to find out a lot about you. And you made that suggestion at the very beginning. Maybe we'll take you through some of the steps. And I said I was game, but you know, uh, like you said, you, I, you had me tell a story that I don't think I've, I'm not, if I've ever told that story, maybe I've told my wife that story. So, so your partners, your partners and colleagues don't know that story. No, I don't think so. I want you to start your meeting on Tuesday with that story. I'll do it. I'll do it. Ask the first question. Do any of you know why I do what I do? And they'll right. probably throw out, well, what about this? What about that? Well, let me actually take you back to Inglewood, California when I was eight years old. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to go, what? Right. And then just take them through that. And they'll go, wow, this is like embedded in his DNA is why he is out here educating everyone else to do what he's done. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Cool. Park, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I'd love to have you on again sometime. And uh, for everybody out there, one more time, go to createtailwind.com and, and learn how you can take back control of your wealth. And also to learn how, if you're in business or you're in sales or you're in marketing or, or you just want to improve your story, Park, tell us the website to go to again businessofstory.com. And what I would like to really encourage your listeners to do is as you become a better storyteller, remember that the most potent story you will ever tell is the story you tell yourself. So make it a great one. Awesome. Thank you, Park. Have a great day. Take care. Thanks for having me, Jim. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.